Welcome to the Mom Manual. Motherhood doesn't come with instructions, but it should. We are on a mission to highlight ordinary moms doing extraordinary things to build the ultimate mom manual. Every week, I have the distinct honor of speaking with women about the lessons they've learned and the inspiration that got them to where they are today. Join us for a conversation that will spark creativity, provide actionable tips, and celebrate the ordinary and extraordinary moments of motherhood. The Mom Manual starts now. Hi guys, I am so excited today to have Eva on with us and she is a sleep consultant. We all need more sleep. Eva, please tell us about a little bit about yourself, where you are and what you do. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So I am a certified infant and child sleep consultant. I help exhausted moms get their little ones consistently sleeping through the night so that they can be functioning humans again. And um, I'm also a proud wife and a mom of three kiddos. And we currently live here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And so I got into this business because of my middle child. So interestingly enough, I actually happen to be a lawyer by training, which I know it comes as a bit of a shock to a lot of people. It's quite the pivot, <laughs> I yeah. think, out of law. But what basically happened in a nutshell is I graduated law school. I went to the University of Western Ontario, which is in London, Ontario. I graduated in 2011. I had my first baby a month after writing my last set of finals. And uh, and she was this, you know, perfect unicorn baby that just made me look like the best mom in the entire world. And so the whole craziness of the situation just worked. And and so I got called to the bar here in Ontario a year later, um, started articling, started working and had my second baby a couple of years later. And so this baby, unlike her older sister, was a very difficult, spirited, high needs baby who cried a ton, needed to be held 24 seven and did not sleep. And so that is how I got into this business because I was so tired. I thought I was going to lose my mind. I thought I was going to die. I was not functioning whatsoever. Forget about barely functioning. I was not functioning. And, um, and I hated the version of myself that I became given that I was so chronically sleep deprived for so long. And so I had no choice but to crack open the sleep books, figure out what to do. And I managed to get the situation a little bit better on my own. It wasn't great, but it was temporarily decent, which gave me a bit of clarity to then say, hey, you know what? Why don't I use up the rest of my maternity leave to get my certification to become a sleep consultant? Because I don't mean to rub it into your any of your American listeners, but here in Canada, we get 12 months of maternity leave. We actually get, now they've, they've actually upped it to 18 months, but my daughter is now almost eight. When she was a baby and I was on mat leave with her, it was 12 months. So I really hate saying that, like knowing that the majority of your listeners might be American. I hate rubbing it in their faces because it just, it's so inhumane that six week mat leave policy that you guys have, but okay. I digress. Uh, That's basically how it gave me the time to get that certification, launch a side business and the side business grew. And that was a heck of a lot more fun than what I was doing in my law job. And so basically the rest is ancient history. And I've been doing this full-time ever since and I couldn't be happier okay first off 12 month maternity leave I don't even know what I do with that or now 18 like my first babies are 14 months apart so I would have just like rolled right to my next I would have been on maternity leave for like four years so I can see how that 
might not work in the US. Maybe people have less babies in Canada. I don't know. Um, but that is definitely- No, what they would have done in that, what you done that in that situation is you would have gone back to work early to collect enough working hours to oh. then be able to go on maternity leave again. So you would have strategically- you know, timed everything properly. That I can't even, <laughs> I can't even wrap my head around that. My first, when I had my first daughter, we, um, I was at the startup and they basically asked me, they were like, is two weeks enough? And I was like, I oh don't gosh. think so. I was no. traveling Monday through Friday. And I said, can I at least do like a month or six weeks? And they said, sure. But because it was a startup company, you basically, there's no, they could fire you. There's no regulations yeah. for that. So we agreed on six weeks and I was back on a plane at six weeks and it was That's so not, hard. It was not enough time at all. That was brutal. Like three months was pretty standard. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. So very cool on the maternity leave. You decided you were going to become a sleep consultant at that time. Were you just like, okay, I'm done with law because I like this better. Like what was the, the tipping point where you said like, I'm not going back to that career and I'm going to do this full time. Right. No. So it kind of really happened organically. I mean, the plan was not for me to, you know, launch and grow a business and leave law because like, that's crazy who does that. Right. Yeah. And so really the idea was just that, um, I was hoping to go back to my job on a part-time basis, which thankfully my boss allowed me to do. He allowed me to come back three days a week. And so the calculation was, Hey, I can have this side hustle, which is inherently flexible. It'll allow me to make some extra money on the side. But the idea was that it was supposed to be like some fun shoe money, you know, like you get a new client, you go buy a pair of shoes, everything is wonderful, you know, just, you know, some fun side money. And then what happened was, is I went back to work and everything was great, but this side business of mine started growing significantly quicker than I ever imagined, because not surprisingly, Take a guess what happens when you have a really exhausted mom and you get her baby sleeping through the night. Like, take a wild guess what she does. I she can tell you. And yes. tells all her friends yes. and everyone she knows there is this magical unicorn named Eva who can get your baby sleeping through the night. And so this side business of mine grew significantly quicker because, yeah. you know, I'm the kind of person, like when I decide to do something, like I'm going to do it amazingly. And right. so I became really damn good at what I did. And yeah. so the people that I was helping, I was helping them get really fantastic amazing results and word of mouth is a really powerful thing. At the same time, what happened was is six months into this arrangement, my boss pulled me into the office and said, you know what, Eva, we actually need you back full time. The part-time arrangement's not working anymore. So that, I mean, I was broken over that because I'm such a type A personality. You know, I'm a type A Enneagram where, you know, I need to have control over everything. Uh, That is just our natural type eight Enneagram tendency. And that wasn't my plan, right? The plan was, is I was going to quit my job when I was good and ready. And I wasn't emotionally or really financially ready for that either. But I also knew that going back to that job on a full-time basis was just not viable either because I really did want to give my business a chance. So with the blessing and support of my husband, that, that was the plan. I figured, let me just go and give this business a try. Worst case scenario, it's an epic failure and I go back to law, right? Like my law degree and my license are not going anywhere, but that was seven and a half years ago now. And I haven't had to look back. So I love that. That's like just kind of digressing. But one thing that I'm always asked is like, when do you quit your job 
and start with your side hustle to become a real hustle. And, you know, for me, it worked a little bit different because I was on maternity leave. The startup I was with went under. So I was unemployed. And then I thought of Dreamland Baby. And so I went all in on it. But I think this is great. Just I, I'm not even sure why I'm telling people this in case you're thinking about a business. Um, typically don't quit until you have established it. But okay, so yeah. seven and a half years, you have been full-time sleep consultant. And yeah. so today we want to talk about really dive in deep on the number one question you get, which is why is it my baby, my toddler, my preschooler sleeping through the night? Why are they still waking me up? Okay. So do you mostly focus on older kids? My zone of genius is zero to five. So I get, you know, I get the little ones, you know, the infants, the older babies, the toddlers, the preschoolers. And I can tell you across the board that one of the most common themes that I see with these kids of all ages who are struggling to consistently sleep through the night is that they don't know how to sleep independently to begin with. It's a very, very common scenario where you have a baby that needs to be rocked or fed to sleep, or perhaps you have a two-year-old and three-year-old where it might be the same thing. They're being fed or rocked to sleep, or, you know, what's more common with that age range is that they need a parent to lie down next to them until they fall asleep, or they need the parent to, you know, sit in a chair in their room until they fall asleep. And it's pretty much all the same for our purposes and that they're all what we like to call sleep crutches. A sleep crutch basically describes a certain set of external conditions that need to be in place in order for your baby to sleep that your little one can't replicate on their own. So for example, if your little one relies on mommy lying in bed next to him until he falls asleep, that is technically a sleep crutch because presumably when the kid is asleep, mom is going to ninja her way out of the room and hope he stays asleep the rest of the night. But what's likely going to end up happening instead is that he's going to wake up at a certain point and go, oh my gosh, where did mommy go? He's going to jolt himself awake, realizing mommy isn't there and either call out for her to come back and, and come back in his bed. Or if they're old enough and confident enough, they might just get out of bed and go and go and take matters into their own hands and go into mom's room themselves. But it's, it's no different than the six month old that needs to be nursed to sleep because that same baby at the end of that same sleep cycle is going to wake up and not know what to do with herself because she needs to nurse to fall back to sleep, which is why they call out for you, right? You know, not because they're necessarily hungry or hot or cold or scared or anything like that, but they simply just need the parents to help them go back to sleep. Yes. And this is, you know, I, I, I talk to sleep consultants very often, um, being the founder of Dreamland Baby, a company that is based around sleep. And what, what I most often hear is like people come to you and they want a quick fix, right? And they just want that magic bullet. They come to Dreamland Baby. They have really bad sleep habits, but they want to put our sleep sack on first night, sleep through the night. Like, and it happens for some kids, but not all, right? So everybody's kind of looking for that. They've tried, they've read the books and now they want that quick one thing. And if there was like one thing that parents could do that I know is not easy, but it is putting the kids to bed without a sleep crutch. So like Mm -hmm. basically newborns laying them in their crib, walking out, which I guess ultimately is the cry it out method, right? I mean, kind of. Well, 
I, I want to tell you, you know, there are numerous different options that can get your little one from point A to point B. In other words, that can teach them how to sleep independently. You know, cry it out is one option. It's not the only option. And I, and I do want to emphasize that because, well, let me just, I guess, first define like what is cry it out. It's otherwise known as extinction. Cry it out is basically when you place your little one into the crib wide awake, you say goodnight, you leave the room and you don't go back in. And that's the sort of approach that might work for some families. For a lot of families, it's totally outside their comfort zone. And that's fine. That's a very human way to feel about something like that, especially if you have a scenario where you have a child of any age who is used to getting lots and lots and lots of help to fall asleep and fall back to sleep. Perhaps they're bed sharing, you know, they're nursing on demand all night long. And so that can feel very cold turkey to go, you know, from that arrangement to in the crib by themselves and not going back in. And so there are absolutely other approaches that you can use that allow some level of varying levels of intervention that can allow you to be there in a supportive manner while your little one still learns how to sleep like a champ. Right. Absolutely. Okay. So if we, if we go back to things to help baby sleep through the night, first one, eliminate any of those sleep crutches. And what would you say would be number two? Make sure that they're not overtired. Overtiredness is definitely 100% a very big culprit of unnecessary night wakings. And the reason for that is because, and by the way, this applies to adults as well, this this sleep science here. When we are up for periods of time that are too long and we become overtired, our bodies begin producing higher levels of cortisol, which is a stress hormone. And so when we have that higher level of cortisol in our system, then it makes it significantly harder to fall asleep and stay asleep. And so for babies and young children, that's what specifically can cause bedtime battles. It can cause that, you know, dreaded witching hour, you know, that five, six, seven, eight o'clock timeframe where your little one as a baby just might be screaming their brains off as a toddler. They might be screaming their brains off, you know, tantruming like crazy. They might fight bedtime. They might wake up more at night. You might get early rising as a result of overtiredness. And you can also get really crummy, short, unpredictable naps as a result of being overtired. So ensuring that your little one is sleeping when they need to be sleeping is really, really crucial. You know, I get some people asking me, you know, I would love to join your program. I'm dying to get my seven-month-old sleeping, but... We're not like schedule type of people, you know, we're, we're very go with the flow. We want to just be able to like do our thing. We don't want to have to be home by a certain time, you know, for nap time. Am I going to be able to get my kid sleeping through the night if I only focus on nighttime and, you know, during the day we just continue to do our thing? And the answer is probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Um, Perhaps you might have 
a unicorn baby that can learn how to sleep beautifully at night while taking 20 minute naps in the car during the day. But for the vast majority of babies, that's just not going to fly because they're going to be overtired with that type of schedule or lack thereof. And then that's precisely what's going to cause them to wake up at night. So it's not like there's anything wrong or bad about being go, you know, go with the flow type of people and not wanting to stick to a schedule. But at the same time, there's pros and cons to everything. And it is important to recognize that without adhering to a biologically appropriate schedule, your little one is there. There's a high likelihood that you're going to experience some consequences in the sleep department. That's so interesting. And when we, you know, I, I've definitely heard this before, but I've never actually realized that that overtiredness is a result of cortisol being increased. Yeah. It's kind yeah. of blowing my mind right now because I know you use Dreamland Baby with, with some of your, the people that you're helping sleep train. And the whole yeah. thing with that is the even distribution of weight. One of the elements of that, or, you know, weighted blankets helps reduce cortisol and help feel yes. calm. So this is yeah. like, it's all coming full circle right now. It's all coming together. There's like, we're able to just, you know, address this cortisol piece with like multiple puzzle. It's, it's like multiple puzzle pieces. Yeah. A hundred percent. And by the way, it's no different for adults. Like, I don't know this sort of thing. I thankfully go gotten much, much better in this department, but I really used to struggle with the following scenario where it would be, let's say 11 o'clock and I'd feel myself begin to get tired and I'd have maybe, you know, five more minutes of stuff to do. And I'd say to myself, okay, in five more minutes, I'm going to finish up doing X, Y, Z, and then I'm going to go to sleep. And then five minutes later, it's 1230. Right. You ever that, that for sure. It happens to, to all of us. Like I was so guilty of that so often. And so five minutes later, it's 1230 and I'm just like, how the hell did that happen? But so exactly. And so I go into bed for 1230 and here's the thing. Had I gone to bed for 11 o'clock when I was just beginning to get tired and presumably my body was just beginning to produce melatonin, I would have fallen asleep within, let's say 10 minutes would have had the best night's sleep possible. And everything would have been great because I stayed up until 1230. By that point, I was overtired. So yeah, I might not be a three-year-old having a meltdown, but I'm an adult lying in my bed wired, like wide awake. My eyes are literally like massive. I can't shut off my brain. I'm, you know, tossing and turning, tossing and turning. Maybe I fall asleep 45 minutes later and then my sleep is not great. You're more restless. You're more wired as a result. And then you wake up and the next morning and you don't end up feeling that great because the quality and quantity of sleep that I got from being up past my bedtime was not great. So the exact same thing can absolutely happen to, to adults as well. Yes. And that's like what we consider that second wind. And I think a lot of people who think they're night people, like I'm definitely one of those where I'm like, oh, I'm a night person. Like I get my second wind. It's not really a second wind. It's just, like you said, you've missed your, your window. Now you're over, yeah. you're staying awake and then you're having a bad night's sleep. So super, that is this is such an interesting conversation. Okay. Okay. So we have eliminate those sleep crutches, make sure baby is not overtired. What would you say would be kind of the third one that would be most important in getting baby consistently sleeping through the night? Yeah. Don't underestimate the importance of a healthy sleep environment. 
So, and when I talk about sleep environment, that includes sleep attire. (laughs) So, you know, I'm definitely going to mention, you know, having, I'm always been a massive fan of sleep sacks. Weighted sleep sacks are like different level awesome because it means that not only does your little one have that wearable blanket that they can't kick off, but they have the extra benefit of the weightedness of the blanket, you know, all around so that they constantly feel like they're being hugged and snuggled all night long, which, you know, for a lot of babies and young children is heavenly. But on top of the sleep attire piece, you know, one of the things I'm always asking people is how dark is your little one's room during, and, and then they'll say, oh yeah, at nighttime, it's really dark. I'm like, you don't say what about during the daytime? I'm sure it's dark at night, but I want to know during daytime when the sun is shining, how dark is your little one's room? Because if the room is too light because of all this natural sunlight coming into the room, that's going to suppress your little one's production of melatonin. Mm -hmm. And when your little one needs to be napping and they're not going to be, they're not going to be able to nap well with all that sun light coming through and then take a guess what happens. They become overtired. And so when the room is too light, it can really end up having a domino effect on things because baby fights the naps, doesn't go down for naps easily, even though they need it. Baby then gets, and by the way, when I say baby, I mean toddler, baby, toddler as well. Most toddlers are napping as well. It means they get overtired and then that can spill over to the night. So what goes on at 1 p.m. in the afternoon can absolutely cause a gong show at 1 a.m. the next night. So, you know, big fan of like heavy duty blackout blinds. Um, I find one layer of blackout blinds oftentimes isn't enough. Like we often need to combine two blackout products together. Um, So, you know, ensuring that you've got that sleep attire, you know, the dark room, I'm a big fan of white noise. Um, White noise is awesome. It drowns out background noise, creates a calming, soothing sleep environment. You know, I've got three kids myself. And so for my son who is still napping, he's two and a half, a a white noise machine is absolutely mandatory as a mom of four. And your kids are all very close in age. I would imagine that white noise was also (laughs) a savior as well. So, you know, ensuring that you've got all those individual puzzle pieces properly in place for the sleep environment is really, really crucial. Yeah, this was so, so helpful. I feel like I learned a ton about the melatonin and cortisol, which is so, like, I feel like I should have known these elements pull in, Um, but this is super, super great information. And I'm sure everybody listening is like frantically taking notes, which I was just doing. So we will include these in the show notes too. Um, So we're going to do a really quick rapid fire, just like couple questions to get to know you better. And then um, we want to hear where people can find you after. Okay. So who is your role model and why? My role model is definitely my mom. My mom um, has taught me all about unconditional love, you know, how to really make your kids and now grandkids feel extra, extra special. So she's definitely my role model. I love that. And then what does me time look like to you? 
what does me time look like to me? Well, you're asking me, it's an interesting question because I live in Toronto where we have been in and out of lockdowns over the last 16 months because of COVID. And so me time at this point in my life is literally quiet. <laughs> That's what it is. I love my children dearly, but um, I was never the type of mom that wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. You know, all the power to people that choose that, but that was just never a good fit for me. Um, but you know, COVID put us working moms in a position where we turned into working moms and stay-at-home moms all at the same time. Um so thankfully, my kids have been in camp. Um, camp is now, you know, open here. My son's been in daycare this whole time and my older ones have been in camp. So that at this point in my life is really me time, just being able to be like in a quiet house without a million other voices constantly yeah. making noise. I, I feel that for sure. Um, and then what, um, or sorry, do you have a favorite book or quote that inspires you? Yeah, there was there was a quote a quote from a rabbi that I heard a while ago that basically says, gosh, I hope I don't misquote him. It's something along the lines of if you don't know why you're living, then you don't know what you're living for. And so, you know, the message behind that is really know your why. Like, why are you here? What is your purpose? You know, are you, are you living, you know, to just be able to wake up and go to work and go home? You know, let's, let's infuse like something special into that so that you can really, you know, enjoy and appreciate every moment of your life instead of just go through the motions. I absolutely love that. Cause so often I feel like we're on this hamster wheel of like, we're yeah. getting the kids dinner, putting them to bed, like rinse and repeat. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a great one. Thank you so much, Eva, for joining us. This was so, so super helpful. And I'm sure everybody wants to know where they can follow you and find you. Tell us all the places. Yeah. So you can find me on my website, mysleepingbaby.com. I'm on Instagram and Facebook at mysleepingbaby. And I have a free webinar that you can check out that teaches exhausted moms how to get their little ones consistently sleeping 11 to 12 hours at night so that they can be functioning humans again. So you can definitely check out that webinar as well. Okay. That's amazing. And I know everybody loves something for free. So guys definitely go check her out and we'll put all this in the notes as well. Thanks so much. Thank you.